Pachito headed alongside John Murray. How you doing today, John? Good. Ready to podcast. Ready to pod, baby. Let's do it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good pod today. We got a lot going on, a lot of energy to, to share with you guys. Uh, first off, lacrosse was back better than ever. We had happy hour lacrosse on Friday. Did you just do this for you in California? That's like lunchtime, lunchtime lax. Yeah, I'm still not ready for the West Coast time schedule for watching games it's just it's weird to me it's weird yeah. how early games are on I, I don't like it i like my I games mean, in the afternoon <laughs> i mean north carolina and denver you rolled out of bed and we're like oh hey hey denver's down by 10 already what happened <laughs> <laughs> hey spoiler yeah. alert spoiler alert hopefully you that, already watched this yeah that got out of control very quickly in that game it did it did so um, awesome, and let's talk about some news. Uh, we'll get to the games right out the right out of the gate here, uh, and then we'll kind of talk about some news and, and get our picks. But let's let's start on Friday with Denver and Duke. Uh, first impressions. Uh, it's it's crazy how like I think the theme is just Duke getting off to slow starts on both their games this weekend. Um, they definitely need to you know fix that. Duke in February has been like a running joke um, on social the last <laughs> month or so. But they always start off slow, and this kind of showed it. I thought, you know, Denver looked like they played a game before, and they were just firing a little bit more um, on all cylinders to start. But it was a good game. I mean, I, I like seeing some top 10 lacrosse action this early. It was awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, first off, hats off to Denver for making the trip out east. I think with all the COVID stuff, it's uh, pretty impressive they were able to do that. Um, you know, I thought the game was underwhelming. Uh, even though my score prediction was money in the bank, cha-ching, I need a drop for that. That would have been, been good. Um, you know, I think that the the Duke offense sort of under-delivered and Denver, you know, didn't look like they were kind of in that top five form that everyone's sort of expecting from that group yeah, of what, guys. What did you um, expect from that Duke offense? Uh. I actually expected them to be a little bit more crisp. I mean, I know that they haven't played any games together and they got a whole new cast with Sowers and Brennan O'Neill, but you know, I didn't, I didn't think they generated that much offense in general. Uh, yeah. In the first I feel like they weren't game. like demanding the ball enough with O'Neill and Sowers. Like I didn't see a lot of O'Neill initiations. Like he was doing pretty good, like working off ball. And kind of dodging off that pass, but there wasn't like that true like ISO dodge, like telling the whole world, like, hey, I'm gonna dodge right now from the lefty wing. It was kind of off yeah. those passes, he would make a move. So I would really like to see that. I I feel like they were a lot of uh they kept it balanced, which is nice. You know, they weren't just from X the whole time. They had a lot of midfield high wing dodges, but I really want to see those attack, those two attack guys take over. Because they are yeah. electric. Well, I mean, I think that the the you know, look, Danowski knows what he's doing. He's won a few titles. He's, he's been there before. <laughs> I'm not trying but, to say I know more than. <laughs> yeah, but I think I mean in in uh, in just watching the game, I think that they really, you know, years ago Duke was a attack oriented program. 
when they had Matanowski and Karate and Greer yeah. and Quinzani and all those guys. And they sort of initiated more from down low. And I think in the past few years, they've had really strong midfields and they've been very midfield oriented, including last year. Mm-hmm. But you have the best player in the world. Michael Sowers is the best player in the world. I mean, in my opinion. And he did barely initiate it on that, on that field. Now, yeah. The surface is different. There's new things to do, but I don't know. I feel like you got to give him the ball and and get some action back there with him. How do you feel about that Zion Williamson comparison to Brendan O'Neill? I mean, I think it was funny. <laughs> it was, I you, laughed. You think it's accurate? Uh, I mean, I think he's there, right? Like he's he's the highest tatted recruit in a long time. He's really good. He's got. But he looked like a man child on the field. He looks huge. He looks like sure. a full-grown man on the field at yeah. eight, well, 18, 19. Yeah, and he, you know, I think he's, yeah, I think it's, it's a fair, it's a fair comparison, you know. Both, we'll both see lefties. if he's, both we'll lefties. see if he can see if he can bust out of his shoe like Zion did or not. You know? <laughs> um, but overall, I thought it was underwhelming. You know, Denver, I think their defense is is better than the North Carolina game showed. Um, I thought they played pretty decent against Duke and against Utah for that matter. And uh, I think they were they ran out of gas. They played too much defense in that game. Um, but I thought Denver showed signs of, of hope on the defensive side. Uh, I'm concerned for their offense. I just don't know if they have a guy that can win his matchup. You know, everyone loves Jack Hanna, but he, he didn't get it done. And, you know, Jackson Morrill is good, but not able to carry the team, I don't think. I don't know. Denver, I have Denver's got some some holes to fix. Yeah, I'm not taking too much away from the this Denver road trip. Like you said, I'm, we were talking about it before, but going east, um, playing two of the top five teams in the country um, off yeah. the road trip, it's tough. And they get TD at some point this season, and that's going to solve a lot of their issues when you're winning 80% of your faceoffs. Yeah, so, although I don't think Stathagus did that poorly. He played pretty no, well. I think he no, like I mean, I don't think 60-70% marker. Yeah, face-off He dominated marker. Duke. Yeah. Um, let's go into Saturday. Um, you know, I think obviously day off for the Blue Devils and the Pios, but then uh, Towson played uh, Virginia. You know, interesting, Towson, Virginia. So, you know, I'll just give some thoughts on this. I thought Towson looked, you know, as good as they have always looked defensively. Um, I think that 20 goal marker is more a uh, product of just too much defense than it is mm-hmm. that they can't hang on the team. You know what concerns me though? They, I don't think they have a guy on offense. You know, they, they have a defense that's really good, but I don't know a single guy on that offense that can consistently win his matchup. And they don't have like a Brennan, was it Sunday? From yeah, Brennan Sunday. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, they're going to be their Achilles heel. Like they didn't do great at the faceoff dot. They were kind of, they were okay, but um 35 on Townsend might be the lankiest defender I've ever seen. Yeah. He's like he covered so much ground up there. Yeah. Well, then they have Kobe Smith, too. Is yeah. I can't wait off. to see him play. He's going to be such a fun pro to watch. Yeah. Like, his game is absolutely, like, perfect for the PLL in that short field transition. It is. He'll be great in that, that department. So, um, Towson, no surprise. Better days ahead for them. I think they'll be competitive in the CA, but I don't think they're a top mm-hmm. top ten team. They're probably a, how, do, how do you think Virginia looked without Matt uh, Moore? I mean, twenty on Towson without your best player. That's it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think 
Virginia's got a lot of talent. I mean, they're kind of like Duke, right? They're deep, and they got Schellenberger, they got Bertrand, they got Cormier, they got Aiken, Moore, Laviano. I mean, there's probably guys I didn't even mention that are really good, you know? And uh, I think the question with Virginia is going to be if they don't ride as well as they did, meaning teams sort of figure out how to clear better, which I would expect to be true come later in the season. Mm-hmm. Are they able to still dominate without that that possession? I think it looked like it. I think Bertrand was uh, that perfect fit for that lefty attackman spot after Kraus left because he was yeah. he was legitimately beating his defender one on one. Not a lot of like picks that needed like he got his shot off that left and he had Matt Moore with that righty dodge. Um, Doc Aiken was fairly quiet on the on the stat sheet. And he's another. Well, he was injured. Yeah, yeah he was injured, so he's coming off injury. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so, I think Virginia's a top, a top five team, probably, probably a top two team, to be honest. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was watching that game. I was thinking this, this team's going to be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I think the key, I think the key for Virginia is you, you got to win faceoffs against them. I mean, Pete Lasalle is the, is definitely the, the trigger for them because if he's winning sixty percent, they're going to be tough to to hold down, you know? So, uh, not surprising there. Uh, moving on to Sunday's game, uh, Denver versus North Carolina. How impressed you, how impressed were you with Carolina? I was, I was pretty impressed with Carolina. I mean, they, um, they were up so fast and it just didn't stop. Uh, that, I mean, I was really impressed with, uh, like the transition goals. Like they, they were able to really ride, and then push right away. Um, a lot of they were the number one assist team last year, and I think it kind of trickled over the chemistry on those guys just playing together. You know where they, each other are in the field, but right. yeah, I think and I think they also like beat up on a tired Denver squad too. I think that kind of played into it. Yeah, I mean, I think they they rode hard. They were tenacious, and I think they jumped on Denver early, and you know. Stathagus wasn't one of the face-off draws uh, early on and sort of tilted towards Carolina. And I think that that just put Denver in a hole and they, it was hard to crawl out of, you know, and it, he knew it was game over when Denver was down. Like, I think it was eight to two or something or nine to two. And then they had the own goal. And mm-hmm. that's when, you know, like, it's just like you, this is not your day. This is not your day. And you just got to get through it. And, you know, but Yeah. Yeah. So what's your takeaway? You know, looking at those teams, do you still have Denver as a top five team? And do you still have Duke ranked higher than Virginia? I probably still have Denver. I think they're not going to be like, I wouldn't rank them top five right now, but I think talent wise, they're a top five team. I think they'll figure it out. Um, I don't know if I still have Duke number one, because I, I walked away from this weekend really impressed with UNC and Denver or UNC and Virginia Duke, you know, the slow starts against every team they played. I wasn't really a fan of that. Uh, I just can't wait for the ACC tournament, honestly. Yeah. It's going to be good. We still have Syracuse, Notre Dame in there. Um, The ACC is just freaking loaded this year. What'd you think of Bobby Mel? Bobby Moe, I well, you were saying earlier, it seems like they've kind of had a really good game plan going in the Duke. Um, but, you know, they just couldn't – they kind of let it get away from them. 
Yeah, I, mean, I thought Bayamo is a really good team. You know, they just they ran into they ran into a couple problems. I, so I, I just finished watching. I'm in the fourth quarter right now. I haven't watched the entire game. I'm in the fourth quarter right now, and they looked like the better team in the first half, first first quarter definitely. Um, but what happened was they gave up some transition goals. Duke couldn't score on offense, and they were struggling. And then Bobby Moe gave up probably four transition goals, and that was just the difference. It, it let Duke get back in the game, sort of got their mojo going, and and then Adler came up with some huge saves. What a turn of events, you know. Upgren comes in for Adler on on Friday, and then Adler comes in for Upgren on Sunday, and both goalies who come in for the other goalie play really well. Um, Adler was was a stonewall, and uh, but I I think Bobby Moe's got some potential to be a <clears throat> an at large bid for the NCAA tournament. They they have they have a tough schedule, and they have some really good players, and they, they're going to score goals. They're going to score ten to twelve goals every game. That's not going to be a problem. So it's whether or not they can stop them. So, um, but enough about that. Let's talk about some of the uh, some of the news. So let's talk about the Cornell players. There was a uh, news reported by Inside Lacrosse that Cornell, a group of Cornell players, are uh, taking a leave of absence from the team as enrollment starts to preserve eligibility. Um, thoughts on the on that situation? Yeah, this is a tough situation. Being the Ivy League and their dumb rules around graduate players, uh, they I mean the NCAA made it really easy for grad students to transfer to another school and play right away or continue playing at their school if they have the eligibility. But um, the Ivy is different for that. So the players literally had to drop out of school so they could play next year or keep their eligibility. So it's it's just really tough. And, you know, again, we kind of talked with this with the, the Yale uh, situation that they they had this planned. Like they knew this was going to happen. Uh, teams are playing right now. We had games this weekend, and must be it's it's tough for Ivies. Really tough. Yeah, I mean, I think the Ivy the Ivy League is is doing an absolute disservice to their student athletes. I, you know, these are the, some of the smartest minds in the world, and they can't come up with a plan. And and like I've said before, the plan could have been like we're not playing. That would have been fine with that. I think there's a logical argument for that. I don't think that people like that, but I think it's logical to, to argue that. So that's fine. But to have no plan on February 9th of, you know, of the season is, is absurd. And they would never allow that from their students. And the students should be demanding more from their administration. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's a shame. And I'm super bummed for the student athletes. And I just hope that I hope that from all this, the administrations can learn a little bit about the impact that they're having on those student athletes and realize that these players have come to play. I mean, men and women, not just lacrosse and other sports too, are, they didn't just show up just because of the education. They showed up for the sports too. And that, that matters. You know, division one sports is not, you know, it, it matters to those kids. They've worked hard for it. So it matters um, to us too. Yeah, absolutely. No vested interest. We want to see Ivy league lacrosse. I wanted to see Jeff T baby. Um, I wonder what he's gonna do. We should we should call him and find out. Um, so let's talk about the A Sun getting an AQ. Uh, any thoughts on the AQ that they got? So, I, I guess you know the inside lacrosse reported that the Atlantic Sun uh, will be getting an AQ starting in 2022, and they'll be joined uh, by a number of teams. Will be joining the Atlantic Sun. It is going to be. <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, my. My voice is, is, is crushing me here. 
but it's going to be Utah, uh, Cleveland State, and Robert Morris as affiliates. And then the other ASUN teams will be Air Force, Bellarmine, and uh, Detroit Mercy. So Jacksonville, who is part of the ASUN, will not be joining them for lacrosse. Right now, they're staying in the SoCon. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Uh, I mean, the I was able to get that news broken to me by a Cleveland State player. I was on the phone with Ian, and he told me about that. He didn't even know who was in the conference, but I think it's really cool that those teams now get a chance to, you know, play for the NCAA tournament bid. And like you said, I mean, Air Force is good for a top ten, top twenty win a year. Uh, Bobby Moe looked great this weekend. You know, there's there's talent in that in that conference that could. I'm not saying they're going to win an NCAA championship, but could they win a win a round or two? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's it's only going to increase the talent um, at the schools now that they're bidding for um, tournament wins. I mean, if you look at the SoCon, I think what was the SoCon the last like big conference put together? Probably, I'm not sure. More or less, but like if you look at like what Richmond and High Point's been able to do. Being in a conference, it's really helped. Yep. No, I agree. I mean, even like Air Force has gotten a lot better. I mean, the, the ability to play for an AQ, and, and Quint and Terry brought this up on their Quick Restart podcast. You know, the ability to play for AQ makes a massive difference in like teams' desire to get better throughout the year and just, um, you know, what the long term options are. And, and it, they also brought up that, you know, Cleveland State, who knows how long those programs would have been around. If, um, you know, if they had to stay independent, it's so hard to be successful. So I think mm-hmm. this is a good move for them. And I think it opens the door for if a team wants to expand to, you know, they brought this up to like Pac-12 or somebody else who wants to add lacrosse, but there's no conference. They can sort of hop in the ASUN as the affiliate for now. And, uh, and then, mm-hmm. you know, until it moves forward, which has opened the door for more lacrosse expansion, which is good. Who's, who's your uh, favorites? In the conference right now, in the in the new A Sun, in the new A Sun, who's my favorite for twenty twenty two? Yeah, but uh, well, I'll just go with Cleveland State because our boys there. Give you what a junior, senior midfielder, twenty two junior next junior next year, I think. Well, he lo- he well he'd be a junior because he's going to get a year of eligibility back. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Yeah, I like I like Cleveland State. I also like Utah. I mean, Utah's really good. I think they're going to be really good. Uh, I'm big on the Air Air Force. I feel like that they'll be in the tournament a lot. Yeah, well, it's going to be good regardless. So, yeah. uh, cool. Well, let's let's get to the games here. Let's talk about uh, this weekend and get our picks. So, yeah, so how did update, I do last week? Update on the last week's scores. We are both six and one on the season right now. Um, six and one you, you unfortunately picked denver um but i guess that's one of those games where you knew right away um it wasn't happening uh yeah I, I turned that on i turned that on i didn't even start that at the beginning i had to go back and watch the beginning i turned it on and saw the score and i was like oh potatoes yeah so. and then real, real quick you almost got the duke denver game right score was 12 to 10 you got 12 11 and i Nailed the Utah Bellarmine score twelve to seven. Let's go! Nailed it. 
Nailed it. Six and one. I like it. So we're, we're both doing well. Let's get through a couple games this week. Mm-hmm. We're going to start at the top here with the big schedule change. Army traveling to UVA. Who you got in this game? What's the score? Oh, it's it's UVA. It's big. Um, I think Army's a great team, but I don't think they're ready for what Virginia's got rolling this year. Let's go Virginia 14-10. Awesome. I will take the uh, – Knights in the upset, uh, eleven to nine. I don't think that I think that they have the perfect recipe to beat Virginia's um, Virginia's ride. So I like them a lot. All right, let's go to our next game here. We're going to do a Richmond Loyola, a battle of the student going to face the teacher, Coach Kimati Chimati coming, uh, who used to coach under. Uh, Coach Toomey at Loyola. You taking the Spiders or you taking the Greyhounds? I'm going the Spiders. They, uh, Richmond, High Point's biggest rival. So I'm not a big Richmond fan, but I think they have a great program down there. Loyola doesn't have their star anymore. I mean, I think they were kind of looking for their identity last year. I think Richmond knows who they are, and I think they're going to, I think they're going to come out with the win. Let's go ooh, 13-8 Richmond. Wow, that's a beatdown. I, uh, I I think that Loyola is going to come out firing. I believe that last year, if there's a team that benefited from being shut down, it was Loyola because they sort of got a chance to sort of assess where they were without Pat Spencer and uh, and Matt Stover and kind of move forward. And now they, they're going to find that, that road, and I think they're going to be uh, doing well. I'm going to go one-goal game. I'm going to take the Greyhounds. Uh, 12-11. Let's move on to the next game. We'll do a little bit of West Coast action. The Pios versus Air Force. You just said he's going to see Air Force in the tournament a lot. Is Denver going to start 1-3? and three? Do you think that will happen? Or 0-4. Oh Air they, Force. They already, they already won a game. They won? Yeah, they beat Utah. Remember? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just the slow performance. I am yeah. not on top of a game right now. I think Denver is going to win. I think they they can't let it the slide continue. Uh, it's going to be close though, you know the way they've been playing. See like a thirteen twelve Denver win. I like that. I agree. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. I'm going to go ten nine because I think that Denver's defense is up to snuff. I think Stathicus is going to do well at the faceoff X, and I think they'll figure out the offense. I, you know, I would actually I'll say ten to nine. But I would not be surprised if they uh, exploded and dropped fifteen. I, I love Air Force. I think they're going to be good, but. I just think Denver's a good team. They just haven't figured out an offense, and I just don't think Mac Brown's going to let that continue. So, mm-hmm. um, Awesome. So let's take a look at the next game. Talked about High Point. Talked about Bobby Moe. This is a big matchup. This is for – you know, this is kind of a win you need if you're one of those teams, if you want a large consideration. Who you taking? I mean, Robert Morris looked great this weekend. But I am a High Point homer, so I'm going to pick High Point in this one. Let's go 13-10 high point. It's hard to pick against high point in this scenario. They're a home team. They're opening. They have Asher Nolting and the um, Devin Buckshot, who is an absolute animal. Um, the dude is strong. He's got an incredible stick, and I think that he can finish anywhere on the field. But I really, really like Bobby Moe's offense, and I think their goalie, I can't remember his name, is going to play well enough to keep uh, High Point off the board. I'm going to take Bobby Moe, 
And let's move on to <clears throat> Delaware versus Villanova, kind of up in your neck of the woods where you're from. Yeah, we Villanova is the unofficial state school of New Jersey. They are – that lacrosse roster is just filled with New Jersey guys. Unofficial state school. I'm sure Rutgers love to hear that. Um, the Blue Hens uh, have been doing well under Coach DeLuca. They've sort of moved from – you know, they, they were good years ago on Schilling, uh, under Schilling Law, but they sort of fell on hard times. And Coach DeLuca sort of taken them back to that new competitive top 25 ranking. What's your uh, thoughts on Delaware Nova? Phil and Villanova on this one, 11 to 9. You're taking Villanova 11 9. I'll take the flip side of that. I'll take the Blue Hens 11 9 over the. Ooh. Villanova, mostly because I'm a Big East guy and I love Marquette, and I do not want to see uh, Villanova get a W. I think it's more a basketball situation than it is a lacrosse one. And let's wrap today with uh, Marquette, Cleveland State. Uh, this is a no-brainer. I know you're taking Marquette just like I am. Uh, I would say it's going to be a 20 to zero win, but you know I think Marquette will give Cleveland State at least a couple of goals just to make them feel good about themselves. But I'm going to take the Golden Eagles 12 uh, nine over. The Cleveland State Vikings. Ooh, I'm, I'm going the other way. Going Cleveland State. Got to ride with my guys. I have no love for Marquette, no affiliation whatsoever. Uh, but I do have, you know, we do love Ian over there at Cleveland State. So we're going to pick the Vikes. Let's go. Ooh, 12 to 8. We, Cleveland State. There we go. 12 to 8. So we picked uh, almost no games the same. In fact, I don't think we picked a single game the same. So this will be. be a real separator of who's going to get some dubs here. Um, awesome. Anything else you want to leave the fans with? You want a little long today. You got a little excited talking lacrosse. Yeah. Uh, just watch lacrosse. Um, I mean, the inside lacrosse makes it really easy to kind of show you what games are on and where to watch them. Uh, ESPNU, ACC Network. Uh, but a lot of these schools have their webcam. So it's just a great tool to find the games to watch them. Also, they, they're on social media. Like I know I was talking to one guy who was – watching the Duke game on YouTube because it was recorded somewhere and uploaded. So just try to watch nice. as much across as you can. Awesome. And thanks for joining in. If you like the content you heard, make sure you subscribe, hit that, uh, hit that subscribe button and wherever you get your a- podcasts, I get them through Apple, but you know, maybe Google, whatever. And uh, make sure you follow us on social media, uh, Instagram.com forward slash one, one underscore L A X. Facebook and Twitter at one one across. Until next week, clap it out, baby. Peace.